What's up, people? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Shoes and Biscuit, uh, Beth. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to steer away from my usual intro to the podcasts by saying different things in the beginning of every episode. So uh, it throws me off guard sometimes. So that's, that's which is one of the reasons why I didn't actually want to uh, do the intro for him because I thought he's running out of ideas. So <laughs> because it, it, you realize how hard it is to not say the same thing you say every week. I mean, I don't just say that on the biscuit; I say it on the Usuk mm-hmm. stuff as well. Uh, obviously, Shane is joining me again. Uh, this is part of our open studio sessions uh we've had a great day so far um <laughs> <It's>, busy <laughs> a learning lesson is uh, let's do these shows every hour and a half not every hour because that gives me time to eat and to drink and to go to the toilet and stuff like that because it's uh I <laughs> a break. joining us today is uh, is, is beth abbott um uh, beth um me me and her started talking we were going to do a shared biscuits a while ago but uh ch- plans changed but i still wanted to get you on the show because i think you got an amazing story yeah. thank you very much for joining us on the on the biscuit Thank you. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. I've been to come on, so yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah it's, it really is good because you have got a great story. Uh, because uh, I mean, I'll, I'll let you go, let you tell it because what you've done is you've 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 changed, you flipped your cards, haven't you? you? You've from one situation to another great one where you can inspire other people, right? Yeah, that, that that's the aim. Uh, definitely, I think if you can turn any negative situation into a positive one, then then it makes it all kind of worthwhile in in the long run. The bad times, maybe. So yeah, it's good. Uh, and I think the clue there is in that, that we were going to do shared biscuits because um, a lot of what you're talking about is about addiction and about the, the struggles that you've had. But you, you also read me, um, you sent me some audio uh, versions of your of your poems, uh, which I listened to, and I, they were so touching. They were so. I think the word I used was naked and vulnerable, and and that's. Um, I think that's true because you're very very honest in your work, and I think it's very touching. Well, actually, this week, because I've I've performed on stages and done lots of different things, but I've never done a video of myself and left myself vulnerable like that. And I actually uploaded one about depression this week. And my lovely friends on Facebook and that, I got a lot of um, really good feedback. So moving forward, I think I'm going to try and do a few more of them because I think sometimes if you show a little bit of vulnerability in yourself, then people might follow and, and find you a bit more sincere when you that you are actually trying to help people yeah it is important because you lead the way you're leading the way and you're saying it's okay and so we were talking about this earlier in shame we had the guys from from climbing out um <clears throat> and we were talking about the situations that you know people have dealt with trauma and, and and go out there and and do great things and go on courses and learn how to be I wouldn't say better people because you you guys are great as it is, but learn how to cope with life in a better way. Mm. Uh, and you're talking about the the stigma behind mental health, wouldn't you, Shane? And so, like, mm. I mean, mainly in men, but I mean, like, mental health and drug drug abuse, domestic abuse. Um, you know, whether it's people that are, are struggling uh, with anxiety, anything like this, uh, you need to be able to just talk about these things freely and vulnerably without having to feel like you're be you're going to get attacked, right? I think that's true, and I think. Obviously, this year's just been completely and utterly surreal, and we don't want to go down the route talking all about that. But people that might have been floating along nicely before have got a lot more symptoms that they might not have noticed. Because I think if you keep yourself busy all the time, then you don't know you're kind of like running away from whatever stuff you might have on in your head. So when the whole world kind of comes to a halt, all of a sudden there's all these thoughts that come to the forefront of your mind, and it's like, whoa, where did all this yeah. come from? So. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like you said, with, with, with men as well, it's, it's, it's more difficult for them sometimes to express how they feel. I mean, a dear yeah. friend of mine a couple of months ago, unfortunately, he, he took, took his own life. And I would like to do everything that I can, you know, just to get other people to try and speak and, and prevent that from happening. Because you know, <laughs> I'm a massive advocate it, for that. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for, for getting blokes to, to come out of their shell and to just... And to just say what what they're feeling and, and what they're thinking, um, because it matters. And it, and it, and the the really frustrating thing is, is, although it's hard, it's treatable. It's all treatable and it's all temporary and 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 it's manageable. And you can get help and there is help out there. You just got to open your mouth and speak. And I understand from first hand experience why that's so hard. You know, um, but it shouldn't be, should it? Do you know what I mean? It, uh, it, it must stem, stem back from the, the, the hunter-gatherer, you know? We're, we're meant to be the, the, the guys that go out and get the, you know, uh, or to be the mechanic or the builder or the guy, you know? We've had this discussion before, and I've always been, like you said, like, I've never been one of those blokes. I've never been a bloke. I'll never, ever have anyone call me a bloke because I'm not one of these guys that, oh, look at the legs on that, or, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to get absolutely... Trash, like you know, I'm not one of those guys. I can't hang around with people. I can, I can adapt, but in that in that environment, it's it, it can be quite hard for you to to talk about your your feelings, and which is why I always say when people are struggling, they are going for difficult times, whether they're a bloke, whether they're a female, whether they're in whatever situation, that you know, uh, music, poetry, art, uh, podcasts, these kind of things are perfect, perfect. Uh, to to write down your feelings and and it's kind of therapy, right? Yeah, life changing and as well, what a lot of people don't realise is that well, they might realise, but the, I'd say ninety nine percent of the people that have addiction problems or or things like that try to medicate themselves from the depression or anxiety or whatever it is that they're feeling, and then it becomes. Uh, a habit so there's always tends to be some underlying issues so now obviously I'm not drinking you can actually deal with all them things that was underlying and, and then it's like unraveling all these different pieces to, to a puzzle but it's the alpha male thing isn't it like you said or you know there's a lot of pressure if you're the breadwinner and then all of a sudden you're losing your job and like it is temporary but at the time when you're in that hole it doesn't feel like it's temporary so you know, I can understand it as well. Hmm. Yeah. What's harder, um, not drinking whilst you're out of lockdown or while you're in lockdown? Well, do you know what I've said to a few of my friends? I'm so grateful that I went into recovery um, before all this happened this year because I don't think I would have survived this at all because um, it's a progressive disease. You would have been locked away. Like, it's a rubbish for everyone but if you're in the midst of addiction like any my darkest day in recovery will never be as dark as my dark days in active addiction because it, it's really hard to explain uh, don't people are and it used as a coping mechanism but in the long run like i've seen this thing before and it said um drinking is almost like stealing a little bit of happiness from tomorrow. So, like, mm. you hang over that you're going to feel and stuff. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm not... Uh, just because I'm in recovery, I'm not, like, anti-drink because, you know, 
unfortunately had a sinister effect on me but some people you know yeah it, it doesn't do that and i understand why people have a few drinks to unwind at the end of the, the week yeah you know life can be hard but if you if you if if you have got a substance misuse and it's, it's completely different ball game yeah i mean i kind of feel that with regards to lockdown i mean um al you pretty much worked through lockdown i think more or less um and i've I've certainly worked through lockdown and i think that if i didn't work i don't know i'd been climbing the walls because that, that that's my release that that's what i do you know um i bury my head into my work and that's how i deal with stuff um, so I've been quite fortunate I've had that but I know that people ha- that might have addictions and stuff like that um, the the help and the support that's out there that might be trying to rely on or trying to reach out to are not there because it's shut or you know, especially for mental accessible. health mental yeah health. especially for mental health um, and so they just start spiraling you know um, and I, I can see how that can happen um, but hopefully obviously there's a lot of initiatives like the uh, climbing out and and yourself and, and and stuff like that that are share, all sort of and share. and share yeah um are all starting to sort of stand up and, and pick up that slack if you know what i mean you know um yeah um where did, what what happened with you then uh with your with you obviously you said you went to recovery where does poetry come into this for you where where's the uh, end point um for poetry for you i actually i've always done poetry i used to perform it to the school kids in the playground but make up songs and stuff like i've always <laughs> they had to listen with a lot of you or not um, <laughs> i'm gonna be showing some poetry to you <laughs> um, yeah, but, um, you know, i've always uh, i was uh not in junior school, but in senior school, I was really naughty. I always got put in the inclusion unit and I used to just write the teacher's poems and she let me do what I was doing. And, but I've always loved it. I've always used it as a release. I've wrote about it with lots of different things that have happened um, in, in, in my life and stuff like that. So it's always really helped me. And like I wrote a poem actually the other day. And, and it says, I always had this dream to do this business. And I used to talk to people about it like, out my face in kitchens in the morning drunk talking about all these ideas and no one takes you seriously because you just look like a bit of a joke talking about all this stuff mm. but now obviously they're taking me a little bit more seriously now because I'm actually doing doing these things but um, just and talking about um, stuff and putting your feelings down on paper has also been a big thing that's saved me like when I poetry book all in 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 rehab and stuff so there's some really dark stuff but there's some really positive stuff as well so yeah it's good it's good to look back on it with a little bit like a i suppose like a diary mm. that's your progress though isn't it you know because out of the darkness comes what you do now you know you've that it's necessary it's it's necessary for people to see your journey. I mean, like you, I mean that's the best thing about poetry, isn't it? You're not writing it for anybody else. You write it for you, right? You're expressing yourself. Is that right? Yeah, and a lot of my, yeah, a lot of my poetry is quite re- relatable. Sometimes, sometimes it's the odd swear word even there, and, and it's not like roses or red, violets, blue. I start to try and think I'm writing what other person and feeling as, as well as myself. Um, just so it can be a little bit more um, relatable as well, um, because I've I've used to run it as a business and going to schools and um, and 
years ago and do it about homelessness. And mm. it was always the um, the kid that would be deemed that he was going to do the work. And he'd come to the best graphic instead. But, um, can I just say we're having yeah. a few we're having a few connection problems. I don't know if you're on the Wi-Fi, um, but if you're not on the Wi-Fi, do you want to try like 4G instead or something? Just see if we get a better connection. Is that all right? This might make it a bit better. I feel like we're missing important points. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Ooh, Hello, are you back? Yeah. Hello. Is that so, better? Yeah, yeah. That's I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, that looks a lot better actually. I feel like we were missing important points to what you were saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, um, well, I used to run it as a business and talk about homelessness because um, mm. I work for an organisation called St Basil's that works with young homeless people, um, the 16 to 25. Um, oh. So um, the, um, I was saying that it was the naughtiest kid in the class that you'd deem them as, the, the, the Jack the Lad kind of kid that would come up and do the best kind of poetry, just rap it and, 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 and do it the best. Because I think when you speak to people on the level with a little bit of respect and, you know, just say, look, I've been there, mate. I understand why you're acting this way. They're just, they're just all these barriers kind of melt down a little bit because they realise that you're not just here to have a go at them. Mm. I think it was, um, you know, it was Kelder we just spoken to from Climbing Out, actually. It says that when you start having fun, you start, start having confidence. When you've got confidence, you can do whatever you like, you know? Uh, and I think fun is is one of the most important aspects to is it, it, to bringing yourself out, you know, bringing it, coming out of your shell a bit, you know, because once, you, once your barriers are down, like you said, you know, you, you do re- release those barriers. Um, that's when the real you can come out, right? But it's, it must be really hard when you are somewhere like rehab, I guess. I've never been to rehab, but I can just imagine it, you know, being quite isolating, I guess. What, what, what's it like? I had to go to rehab twice. I went to a residential one, but I, I wasn't quite ready, I don't think, at the time. I really missed my daughter. And um, unfortunately, it might sound like quite a bad thing for us to say, but you actually have to literally reach your utter rock bottom before you're actually at a point where yeah. you get help. And after mm. I come out of rehab the first time, I relapsed really badly after six weeks. Right. Um, and then I went and did a rehab... Um, which was the daytime one, and um, I was just so open to it that time. I just listened a lot more. I didn't want it anymore. I just didn't want to live that life. I didn't want to lose my daughter. I didn't want to lose myself. And and then I ju- it it was it was it was actually quite beautiful. It um, the bonds that I got with the people in rehab was amazing. We did some great stuff. Scary because if you've if you've drank since the age of fifteen. Like my alcohol was my best friend before it was my worst enemy. So it's like yeah. almost saying goodbye to a toxic relationship with someone. You don't quite want to let it go, but you know, it's really bad for it's, you. Yeah, it's the worst and the best thing for you at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. We, we actually had to write a letter that started, um, hello, uh, darkness, my old friend. And you you literally, in rehab, write a goodbye letter to your addiction. And um it's it's really empowering actually. Mm. One thing yeah. which I was I was seeing quite a um a pattern was after talking to the uh, climbing out guys and you, um <clears throat> it's the community aspect. Um it's the connections and the and the social side of going through that process 
um, going to these um, you know, meetings and stuff like that and, and going through that process alongside other people and then actually um, being so intimate with them about the, that raw, you know, you can't, you can't get much raw than that, can you? You know, like you sat there and you're, you're laid open for everyone to see, you know, you're there, everyone's there for the same reason. And I think that um, that on the outcome of that, like you said, you, you end up with, 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 um, with good friends and, and, and stuff like that and connections that you've made, you know, th- those bonds are probably unbreakable. You're probably going to have those people for the rest of your life. You know, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say that going through this process is a good way of making friends, but like you know, it's. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's in the same breath that you can, you can draw strength from that, can't you? You know. Yeah, it's true. Like, I was going to the doctors for five years before I went into rehab, asking for help, saying I was an alcoholic, I didn't know where to start, and they didn't even know about the rehab unit, which was a stone throw down the road. Now I'm not slagging. Wow. Wow. It's a lot of locums, so they put me on vitamin B and thymine and um, sent me on my way. Oh, you depressed me, like you just because you're drinking. And I was screaming out for help, but yeah. I knew what I was doing wasn't right. And I didn't know that there was an actual recovery community. And you hear about AI, and I didn't know about NI, but you hear about AI, but I just thought it was like an American thing that they're doing films. I didn't think that there was an actual recovery community that was on my doorstep and, and these meetings happened like weekly and all this stuff and it blew my mind I didn't find out about it until I actually went into rehab and then some of the people that are in recovery um are just the nicest most genuine people in the world they just want the best for you you know there's no like they're not trying to you know outdo you it's not a competition that they, they genuinely want the the kind of best for you and I think a lot of people actually who are in active addiction probably don't know that there's a community out there because I've had the same friends since I was 15 and they all like like a drink and that I'm not judging them that they was an addict like how I was but if you're all your friends every Friday and that like to go to the pub like most people do because you know you want to unwind it's like it's not saying goodbye to the drink it's saying goodbye to your whole lifestyle it's like who you're going to hang around with now Mm. and then like, I'm just going to be on my tar drinking water. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It's huge. You know, it's really hard because I mean, when I was started doing the keto thing, I'm um, bringing back that was a while ago. But like, there's there, there's so many things you can't eat or drink, and one of them's beer or cider or anything like that. So uh, when you go out or when you go for a meal or anything like that, you you can't really do that. I mean, you can drink whiskey, but who's going to sit there drinking whiskey all night? Like, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, well, neat whiskey though. I would have. <laughs> But it, it, the social aspect of that was 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 painful, um, but I can't imagine it doing it if it was something that felt like oxygen to me. You know, I needed it. Um, so you know, to anybody that's gone through that, I mean, we've been talking about um, addicts being the nicest people and things like, that. like like Max, for example. Max, he's not doing much with the biscuit at the moment. He's uh, he stepped away because there's lots going on. But Max is one of the nicest people I've met. Like to to speak to, Max is awesome. He's intellectual. He's funny. He's kind. Um, Articulate. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, um... he's an amazing guy. Uh, and I hope to see him back on the biscuit scene. But like you know, um, you cannot um, you know when it looks when you can't stereotype someone as an alcoholic when you when you when you, when, when tvs and movies and do alcoholics they always do it the, the coronation street way or the you know, you know the, the the typical sort of, but there, there are i bet there are people out there that don't even realize they're an alcoholic yeah 
know? there's also people of all walks of life as well. They don't have to be like you know um, the, the the media portrayed alcoholic. I suppose you can get some proper high flying CEOs that are on like eight figure salaries, and they're in the exact same boat. You know, um, there's, I don't think that, that there's no prejudice as far as alcoholism is concerned, is there? Yeah, there's no there's no um, set rule. Anybody's subject to it. Yeah, that is, it, it, it's so true. I'm actually trying to get some funding to do um, a film to show into the schools and organisations covering that exact subject. How um, alcohol, like, so, so, for example, a woman who wakes up in the morning, but she's drinking champagne instead of Glen's vodka, do you know what I mean? She's still got funny, funny you should say that. There is a guy that we've actually had on the um, Biscuit Studios this morning, uh, a guy called Luke Hanley. He's only a young lad. He's only 16, isn't he? 16, 17? Something 16, like that. 16. Um, 16, is it, yeah? Um, and he has literally just released, is it this last year? Unstable. Last it was year, un- I think it was. Unstable. It was this year. Unstable, yeah. If you go, if you go on YouTube, just type in "unstable." It's really short film about addiction. Um, and I think that it, I think that might be something you want, you might want to pursue, isn't it? So it might be worth maybe getting in touch with him. He might be able to help. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm not very good at the uh, technical side of things, really. To be fair, mm. so like the ideas there, I've been working with some other recovery groups as well. Um, because um, I was functioning for like ten years. Like it was only the last two years that buckled me that like I was still functioning to a certain degree, but like caring less and less and less. But I was a support worker, you see. So when I first went into rehab, I was like, oh, I don't need. I, I support other people, but I think a lot of people who are um, involved in addiction spend their whole life helping other people, so they don't have to look at themselves as well. Um, in, in a way so while I was supporting other people going home taking all that pressure on worrying about these young kids and all that stuff I wasn't actually dealing with all my own stuff I just mm. was doing yeah. yeah yeah but you're trying to help others and this is why I, I, I love what you're doing because um, in, in what way are you trying to help with your with your poetry is it a, a with hold my hand I'll take you through it or here are the warning signs or this is how it ruined my life it followed by example sort of thing yeah a little bit of uh, a little bit of both I want to get some so I want to get the people that are in recovery involved in coming out into the schools with me as well telling some of their stories to 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 the kids so the poetry that I cover in the schools is about addiction and then I'll get the kids to write their own, well not kids, the pupils, um, to write their own um, versions of it or, or in different organisations. So there's like, um, when I was in, because I come from Birmingham, we'd set up something called Recovery Social as well. So it was a social space where people in recovery could come to on a Friday night and um, do drama, um, poetry, all them kinds of things. And then I wanted organically um, the decision to be made by other people, what we wanted to do and maybe put on a production and do them things. And then um, like what's happened with most people, we went into lockdown. But that's definitely something that I want to do in the future um, because then I think you, you're kind of doing it at both ends. You go into the core of the problem, the kids in the school, where it could stem from, you know, drinking with your friends and doing a bit more. But then you've also got the people who are in recovery and, and you're empowering them to be able to, to do something so um i'm really looking forward to like some of the projects and stuff that we're going to have next year it's just like most people you know everyone's just coping with what's going on at the minute but there's so much exciting stuff in the pipeline yeah really looking forward to it. 
it, it must feel terrible to have all of this, all this great stuff you want to do, but you just can't at the moment. Yeah. I know we, yeah, it's we know how that feels. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, a little bit, just a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> um, so you had great success. I know what kind of following have you have you created some sort of following? Is there, are there lots of people that keep coming to you for advice to, to hear your poetry? Are there people that follow you around on social media, things like that? Um, a lot of what since I've opened myself up on, on my Facebook and just like kind of outed myself that I was in recovery. Um, I kind of did that. I didn't think I'd ever do it. I thought I'd be too embarrassed, but I did it um, to try and lead the way and maybe other people might see and, and and you know, follow that, follow it in that way. So a few people have messaged me and I've been able to give them advice as where to go. A couple of people have wanted to get involved in the project in the future. But like I just said, it's really frustrating because when you're going back to people and you're like, look, we are, I have got this stuff going on and you're going to be able to get involved. But at the minute... Uh, I can't really give you a date or a time, and just, mm-hmm. but people and people understand, and um, people have been okay. Like I said, I did that video the other day, um, and I was just, I was really, I was really nervous, but I got a lot of really good feedback. I put, I put all my poems on my Facebook page so people can see them, but I'm going to start doing them in the spoken word. Why not? Yeah. It's a little bit more. I mean, do it. I mean, I remember uh, at the comment Slopia Al. If you remember Jamali Maddox, we asked him, "What's your advice?" You always bring up Jamali Maddox. Is that that's he's, that's he's all, sure, awesome. That's your piece out. That is that's your Jamali Maddox. <laughs> We're talking about Jamali Maddox. Uh, but he, we asked him. Um, he's a he's a comedian, and, and he, you know, he's he's gone worldwide. He's been on TV and stuff. And like, we asked him, "What's your advice to somebody who sat?" you know, um, got an idea or like they want to do something, they want to do music, they want to do poetry, they want to do writing or do art, you know, whatever. What's your advice to those people to get started? And he said, just do it. It's as simple as that. He said, just do it. He goes, what's the worst, what's going to happen? And we, I just sort of sat there and I was like, that's a really good point, actually, because there's a lot of anxiety around starting these things. Like I said, you were, you were really nervous about doing your video and like, you know, you're, you're well versed in the subject you're talking about. You know, you know what you're talking about and you were nervous. So somebody who's venturing out on their own would find that difficult. And I can see that, you know. And so so is that the sort of advice that you would give to somebody who is you know, just wanting to, to sort of do what you're doing, I guess, or like just start doing something new? It's just just crack on with it. <laughs> you know, I think it- Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I oh, think right, it, right. Like, uh, me personally, it's confidence thing with my appearance and stuff. I thought that, you know, people might start like laying into that. But then I even captioned it, you know, I'm uploading as something about um, trying to help people who've got depression. <laughs> if the only thing you can focus on is my appearance, then that kind of says more about you than it does. Exactly. exactly. So I am, I am an emder. I learned that in life. Slag yourself before people can slag you and then, like, not necessarily slug yourself out them before they can even um yeah before they can even do it but yeah just do it i mean i've always wanted to do this with poetry and i've had some so many amazing um experiences i've got to go on um bbc radio before that was that was really it was really just it was a wonderful experience i've got to do so much stuff that like i wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't have always pushed forward with this and I just think yeah just do it but more and more people are doing it um because of because of lockdown it hasn't got all necessarily be negative so say for example someone's left lost their job um or they're being furloughed and they've got extra time on their hands people are doing things that they'd always always wanted to do like that seed uh being planted so there's um 
I, I did some work with this company called Good to Great, and they're based in um, Shropshire, and they help businesses to grow, so it, it's free. Um, and if you wanted to set up a business, they go through this six-week module with you and give you all the ideas, so it gives you that bit more mm. confidence. But, yeah, just do it. Like, I'll just, I'll just press upload on that video before I could talk myself out. You, you helped me with that. You you very encouraged you encouraged me, Liz, uh, because obviously we were going for the journey of becoming the CIC, which is done now. But you were like, just do it, Al. You can get all this fun, and you can do. We can do it. And I was just like, oh, bless you. That was a bit of encouragement there that I really needed. So thank you, Beth, for that. Yeah, it was um, so uh, what's uh, I know you're saying that you were glad that you went into recovery before lockdown. But despite that, what's lockdown been like for you? Um, has it been created more art? Have you been writing loads? Have you uh, been looking at new ways to do things? What's it been like for you? Um, yeah, I've done a lot of um, poetry. Me and my daughter have bonded so much because, I mean, me and my daughter have always had a good relationship. But, you know, uh, now she's got the full potential of a, a, a mommy there and you don't realise that, you know, if you're drinking on the night, you think you're being fun and that, but then they have to deal with you when you're snappy the next day and stuff. So um, our relationship has just uh, got so, we have so much fun. She's got like this little ukulele and I was playing like the spoon and we make up stupid songs and just do like <laughs> ridiculous stuff. Um, we got like this microphone in my old place that I lived in that had this big echo. So we just like, used to shout weird things at people out the window and look down and they'd be looking, <laughs> <laughs> terrorising the nation. Like, you know, so a bit of a fun. But, yeah, do you know what, like, uh, Ed, there's no point in sitting and moaning about it. I had a bit of a lull this week, but I think it's the first time I've had one um, in a long time because everyone's in the same boat and it yes. is what it is. And you can let it, you can let it, take you to a really dark place where you can just think you know what i can't change this so what can i do to just get through it at the, at the minute um mm. and mine has been writing and and doing things that i wouldn't have done before like like um the cic sending off them forms and you know doing all the background work that you put into the bottom of the drawer and you don't really want to do so, yeah yeah so, so where where's this? Where do you want this to go? Like, where's sort of like, you know, where's the next sort of five years going to take you, in your in an ideal world? Um, so eventually, I'd like to open up some kind of um, centre. So it's not just here, but like in Bridge North, there's a hostel. It used to be parish rooms. It's all boarded up now because no one's took over the contract. The same right. was. Um, in Soli or where I live, there was two dormant hostels just boarded up. You've got all these homeless people on the street, people with addictions, people that need to get away from domestic violence, and you've got empty dormant places. Like, it just baffles my mind. Mm. I'm not trying to save the world, but, no. like... It doesn't um, make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense. No, but sure, it's surely just, it's open, those, open those, that one building, that'll potentially save one person's life. That's worth it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean, in my opinion? So yeah, I mean, so you want this to go relatively kind of on a, on a pretty big scale? Like, I'm assuming then, would you want to open like several centres dotted around the place? Maybe I want to do that like in so I'm 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 step at time, like, Inton. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I want to take on the world. What one in China? No, I'm joking. Uh, that you know what? I haven't become like a, a massive feminist or anything like that because, like you said, we spoke about the men men stuff, but. What I have found in recovery is it's for women 
especially if you're responsible for your child. So many people don't come forward because you think you're going to lose your kids. Um, and um, yeah, that 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 yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, women do. You know, like if you was a man and you was an alcoholic and you're going to the pub every day and you're drinking. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, it would be frowned upon, but not as badly if a woman who had kids was doing it every week. The same far, said father might not. No, I'm not judging men with it. It's just we have, we've moved forward so much compared to what it was. But just from my experience of being in recovery and the situation that I had with social services and stuff, I just felt like, you know, I got judged a lot more than Bells. Sure, yeah. that is. I never really thought of that before. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that before. The fact that, like, the image of, like, you know, a man kind of go to the pub every day, you know, spending 50 quid, which is bad, obviously, like, you know, spending all the family money, whatever, in the pub. But it's almost like there's, there's that kind of age-old kind of etiquette, I suppose, of, you know, mum looks after the kids for dinner and dad goes to the pub. I have to finish his work. It's just like it's the stories, isn't it? It's the books. It's you know, it's it's just the, the way it is in, in media. But you know, I never. There's very good points. I never thought about how it looks if a if a mum was to be going into the pub every day. And you're right that 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 is a different. It's a different light, isn't it? And like even from my experience with social services, when I was, I had this big meeting and everything with them and. My daughter's dad didn't even turn up to one of one of them. I got absolutely hung, dried, and slaughtered. Was the worst person on the planet. And you know what? I, I held myself accountable. Like mm. I wasn't the best version of what I could be at the time. No. But they, they social services still don't see it as an illness. They just kind of see it as a choice. But they're just protecting the child. I understand that. But anyway, further down the line, when he did end up turning up, there was no reprimands or anything like that for him. It was like they was grateful that he turned up, and it's like, well. You know. <laughs> I do. I do, yeah. feel, I do. I do feel like the pendulum's swinging a bit, though. I mean, like when you look at like uh, teenagers now, young people now, um, I think the, the balance is very much switched. Um, you know, there's just as equal guys and girls. When you look at things before lockdown, you know, uh, Magaluf, uh, the night out on a Saturday night, you know, it's 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 just as many girls, if probably not more, because girls will they won't go out by their own. Guys probably will. You know, two or three of their mates, girls, it's like, there's 12 of us, hey! you know, yeah. eyebrows all going out, oh, looking sleek. Uh, you know, they're all going out and they're partying, but they might do that four or five times a, night, a week, you know? I'll and don't ever do that again. No, <laughs> every show. That's how I'm going to end the show. I'm looking sleek. But, you know, uh, that's that's the problem, isn't it? When you, when it's fun, a fun's attached to this, right? Um, and so they're going out, you're going out, you're partying, you're, it's fun, 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 fun. It suddenly stops. And there's, there's this hole in your life. Is it the fun or is it the alcohol? You know? Well, you know what? It's funny you should say that. My group of friends, there was about 15 of us grew up in Birmingham. We were absolutely lunatics, like literally was lunatics. And um, we would outdrink the men. And like like groups of men would come and go because like we was out drinking them and we was all absolutely just off our rocker. We went to our beef, like you said, we did all that kind of stuff. Um, and these same friends, you know, they've got good jobs and they're married and different things. And But um, they still had the same amount of fun as what I did when I was younger. It was just with me, it progressed into an addiction. So, um, you know, like, I think mm. the same 
I'm, I, I didn't mean to come across like I was being sexist in, in that no, no, I'm no, just no, saying no. about with the actual addiction side of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know it, what I mean? It's interesting because I, I was brought up because th- there's there's addiction in my family. Obviously, I'm not going to go into specifics, but there is addiction in my family further up the generations. Um, and uh, it was always drilled into me growing up that, like, you know, obviously there is addiction. Just be careful with, you know, uh, with alcohol, with drugs and whatever. You know, you know I smoke. I'm a smoker that and it's been a difficult thing for me to try and shift so obviously I'm very much aware that that sort of um addictive personality is in my head you know um but to but yeah it's, it's just be trying to be aware of it and I refuse you know I put I've given myself rules you know uh, because of um uh because of the way it, how, how it can kind of progress you know uh which obviously as you know it can, without even noting it it can, it can just progress and it's something I, i've been quite strict to myself like for example i don't drink on my own that's one of, that's one of my rules is i never drink you know i don't, I don't sit come and sit down if miss has gone to bed early you know I'll, I'll never sit and have a drink on my own it's just one of my rules you know um and I suppose it's about being aware about stuff like this but even said you can put all the rule sets in place an addiction is an addiction, isn't it? You know, and it, and it can creep up on you. Definitely. Um, um, I've always talked about how it's not me. It's it's generally talked about. I, I don't know why I keep bringing everything towards me, and uh, that you know, um, anything that is uh, harmful and addictive is is an addiction. I mean, pornography, uh, alcohol, drugs, but gambling. Um, whatever you know, is it, if it's if it's a bad vice, it needs to go. Simple as or moderate. My hero is Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith made the movie Clerks, Dogma, uh, Jane Silent Bob, and um, he created the the podcast uh, Jane Silent Bob Get Old to help Jason Muse um, because he was a heroin addict. And the idea of the show was to meet up once a week and be like, "Hey, are you clean?" Simple. You're gonna give him drive, give him a focus because he tell all these dirty J sex stories and get really down and get really creative with it and stuff. It gave him a bit of purpose and a bit of drive and and then he had all these fans all around the world go, Jay, are you clean? Jay, are you clean? And he it would it would be fine, it worked for him. Um but he says, handle your high. Handle your high. Doesn't matter what you do, if you do it, do it in moderation. If it starts taking control of your life, get rid of it, you know, because it's it's bad for you. Um Easier said than done, though, right? Um, Beth, we are running short on time. I'm really sorry. We've, we've come up with um, a processing error, I've got to say, <laughs> on the Open Studio today because it takes a good uh, five to seven minutes for the audio to render. So to be ready for our next interview, I need to finish this at sort of 10 to. Um, do you have any poetry that you can read us today? Have you got anything I've with got, you? I've got a quick one in front of me. I'll read if you want. That'd be amazing. Um, I'd love to get some of your poetry on the biscuit. It's <laughs> called A Hair of the Dark. Um so it's not aimed at people that just genuinely had a cup of too many beers and a sat down and then have a next part of Sunday. You'll get the gist anyway. Um, a hair of the dog. At what point did it stop being wandering to another day, Rob? The waking up with the unsatisfactory hunger. You've got flashing lightning in the mind and roaring thunder that will not stop. No way can you calm your storm. And did you think of a drink before your morning yawn? you need it to take away the thoughts of last night's mistakes and you need to consume some vodka before your cornflake. Just one drink, though, to take the horrors away. Then before you know it, you're half a bottle deep and it's only midday. Saturdays and Sundays blend into one another, cooking the Sunday roast, washing the uniforms, trying to be a good mother. And, of course, you adore your child. They're worth their weight in gold. 
it was only going to be a hair of the dog. Well, that's how it got sold to yourself. You had no intention of bottle watching that day. But then before you know it, the day slipped away. Chopping onions, singing to Amy Winehouse rehab. If only you knew the irony. Now nah, I haven't got a problem. No way, not me. I'm a support worker and my role is to help others. Thinking back to last night, you take another gulp just to take away the shudders. And before you know it, you're in a cycle and it's a daily habit. You're trapped in the headlights just like that rabbit. You want to be a better person. You just don't know how to stop this mindset thinking. So what, at what point did that hair of the dog become just another day drinking? Wow. Yeah, i got loads. But it all. But hopefully someone relates and then they can think, oh, yeah, I did think about that before my phone flight. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I love what you do and I love you and I think you're amazing. I think what you do is brilliant. Um, I'm so it took so long to get you on the biscuit and I'm, 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 you know, I'm gutted by that, but we finally got you here and you're a friend of ours now. So if there's anything we can help with, you're in Shropshire. If there's anything uh, you're going to be working with around us or what have you, just send us any posters, any social media links that you want us to share. And we will, you know, we'll help you every step of the way. Um, And, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show, Beth. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. More than welcome. Welcome back anytime. Shane, have you got anything to add before we get out of No, no. I just wish you all the best. And as I say again, what I'll say, there's anything we can do, just please just let us know and we'll, we'll do what we can. Um, Thank you. And yeah, I, th- I think you're on something big. Thank you. Mm. Really appreciate well, that. Well done. Well done. Um, I want to give a shout out, a couple of shout outs before we get out of here. Uh, <laughs> Christmas coming up, obviously. Uh, I, mean, I want to keep shouting out the the, uh, the carols on the doorstep that's happening throughout Shropshire on December the 16th and December the 24th. BBC Radio Shropshire are going to be playing uh, Christmas carols over the radio. Uh, we're encouraging everybody to step on their doorstep and sing Christmas carols together. together. It started off in Shropshire around Shrewsbury. So now it's spread out for, fully throughout Shropshire. And I think nationally, it's great gathering speed so a bit like how people would um, clap on the doorstep for the nhs we want people to do this with uh, christmas carols as well so december the 16th and the 24th make go to have a look at my shrewsbury go on my shrewsbury and have a look at their, their facebook page and stuff that all the details are there um also want to give a shout out to the parade shops our home and we're not there at the moment obviously because of lockdown um but please <laughs> please continue loving them uh, because we love them too and we've got dale hints coming on next week Dale Hintz, the UK's best barber, is coming on our show. Um, <laughs> another shout-out goes to Chris Goff uh, from CGR Business Solutions. He helped us become a CIC. If you're looking to do something the same, um, if you uh, if you do need help with your business, finances, etc., uh, Chris is the guy for you. He helped us. Up. He's brilliant. He's a genius. Um, so make sure you check out CGR Solutions. Um, Beth, you've been amazing. Shane, you're beautiful. I love you. Uh, and uh, you too, man. We'll catch you next time on the Shrewsbury Biscuit. <laughs>